Take It Like a Man is the new album by Amanda Shires. Easily one of the most eagerly awaited albums of 2022, Amanda's seventh album is a revelation for her and for her fans. Here she is to talk about writing songs about her marriage to Jason Isbell, why Dolly Parton superglued a jewel to her face, and finally finding her own voice. The album's coming out in a couple of days. How are you feeling about all that? Um, honestly, uh, I'm so excited, but simultaneously jittery, you right. know? <laughs> just, 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 I think it's normal. <laughs> yep, I'm sure it is. Well, you've done it before, but this one feels a little different than the others. Does it feel different for you? Majorly, majorly. Um, I'm, re- I'm very proud of it. And, um, and, uh, you know, all the feelings and good work and good intention that we put into it. Um, I, I just hope that other people can hear it. Right. right. I'm sure I have a feeling they will. I've heard it and it's a beautiful thing. So yeah, it's great. Now, before we get into the nuts and bolts of the record, I just need, a lot of people are talking about Joni Mitchell and her appearance at Newport yesterday and people are weeping uncontrollably all over the internet after watching those clips. So I wonder if you had any thoughts and opinions and insights as to all that stuff. You know, I don't know. I don't know the uh, daily goings on, going going ons goings ons with um, Brandy and Joni, but I do know that that they've been. She's been visiting her and hanging out with her since I've met Brandy. Um, like they just started their friendship, kind of when we were doing um, press for the High Women. And um, yep. sometimes, what you need to to do music and to feel good about it is another person that that. Um, makes you feel good about it and you know sometimes you just need to uh rekindle the flame you know right right and you had kind of a similar experience with dolly parton and you guys uh, a couple of years ago right that was that was something else i learned a lot that day what did you um, learn <laughs> uh, well she stuck a, a a jewel to my um face for the newport show um with super glue right and i was I was like, cool. I always wondered how people did that. And I'd never seen it done before. And then um, I left it on there because Dolly Parton gave it to me. Sure. And then, then I realized like five days later, as I was just washing around it, I was like, well, I guess it's staying on. And I tried to get it off. And it was on there with super glue. And I was like, and I peeled it off and I had like this mark and I was like, oh, okay. I learned not to use super glue next time. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm sure David Bowie would have had some insights into that if he was still around. <laughs> but anyway, uh, that's pretty cool, though. Did you get Dolly's uh, Dolly left her mark on you. She also said, because uh, um, I saw her wear nails to play music and, and the guitar and stuff. And yep. I thought, I'm going to get some nails before the show. And I got to the show and I couldn't couldn't hardly do my A plus plus best. Uh, and she said, no, you got to practice with your nails on too. <laughs> oh, well, there you go. See, these are the insights. <laughs> That's great. Fantastic. So Take It Like a Man is the name of the album and uh, the name of the song on it. So why have you chosen to call it that? Let's, uh, when did it start taking shape? I decided to call it that... Um, there'd been a, a list of things that I was considering calling it, but you always know kind of like, kind of like what you're going to call a thing. Kind of mm-hmm. like when you, you know, you get a fish at the store or when you, um, you know, have a child, you kind of have an idea of the name or just you got to argue with it with your husband or whoever you're in a relationship with anyway. <laughs> so, so when it comes down to it, the, the records is 
a, a lot about it. Uh, it's super vulnerable and it deals with, you know, choice and the consequence of choice and all that. Mm-hmm. But um, growing up in, in, in being in the music business, um, I've heard it a lot of different times in different ways. And um, even in sports as a kid, uh, you know, don't cry, don't show weakness. Um, if you do, you know, you won't be successful or you're going to be made out to be called crazy because you're a girl and all that, or just right. all that goes with it. And um, in this, in the, in these times, luckily it, it's okay to have self-care and to, to have your emotions and your feelings, you know, in an appropriate, healthy way. But um, I thought, you know, this is, uh, it's, it takes more courage to, to, um, to be vulnerable than it does to, to just push everything away and just be stoic and strong and all this. And then at the same time, I like the idea of, of, um, of uh, the kind of expository nature of the, of the, of the words together, like uh, take it like a man. And then like, you could be like, okay, so you dished it out. Now let's see if you can take it. And then um, <laughs> there's just, I like the, the multi, ways you can consider the title and they, and they all, you know, are applicable. Mm-hmm. So, and you worked with a producer, Lawrence Rothman. So tell me yeah. why you're working with him and how that, how that dynamic worked with making this record. Well, you know, when I first um, came across Lawrence's name, um, you know, it was via email and they wanted me to do a um, harmony song, you know, and I was like, okay, I'll do that. Oh, their pronouns are they, them. And, um, I didn't know much about that until I met Lawrence and, um, I'm with it, but, um, so I just, I was like, I love this, the way this song sounds and it's beautiful and the, the, the production's beautiful and I'll do it. And, um, a couple of weeks later, um, I was in an argument with my husband and, um, we hadn't been doing very well in the, um, uh, talking to one of each other department, you know, like there's just, you couldn't get through to one another. And, you know, in, in marriage, I don't know a lot of good, got a lot of good examples for it, but I, I, and also nobody told me that this kind of thing happens, but, um, uh, you know, my grandma said, marriage is hard, but you can do it. Me and grandpa have been together coming on 50 years or whatever. And (laughs) just to, the ways that it's hard are are um, not often talked about or described because sometimes it's so nebulous and vague and weird. Right. Um, but I couldn't get through to him and we were having an argument and I was just thinking, you know, self, I'm just going to explain this to myself in a song. And um, I wrote the song Fault Lines in, the, uh, in hopes that that might be a, a way in to to you know, establish some kind of common ground, some kind of just open a door or something, a window. Um, but, um, Jason didn't listen to it. And oh man! so a couple of days later, I sent it to Lawrence and I said, I wrote this song and, um, they were in London and they said, that's a beautiful song. It's very sad, but it's beautiful. I love it. And they said, we should record it. And I said, Oh, I'm not interested in making a record or anything. And, um, I just, I just wanted somebody to hear it. And they said, well, I heard that. If you have any more, send them my way. So that's where it started. Ah, yeah. okay. All right. That 
And so uh, that was on those same lines. I was wondering, obviously, you and Jason, everybody knows that you're a couple and you're, you know, and know both of you, and they're going to read all sorts of things into every song that you write and that he writes. Uh, Mm -hmm. So, was that a difficult thing to get past to realize that people are going to insinuate all sorts of stuff that probably isn't necessarily true? Right. That that's difficult because um, we both want to be free to write about our lives or your lives or, you know, our, our freedom to be creative and express ourselves. And um, sometimes you do write one that's solely about you and you make a choice to put that out there and to know that yeah, you that folks might have questions or criticisms or whatever, just think whatever. And um, at the same time, that's while that part's scary, it's also scary to be suddenly having to, or no, it's scary that a, that a person might think, oh, this is a confessional songwriter, and I don't want that to be attached to me because I feel like it's so confining and constricting that you can only write about yourself. Like there's so many people's problems and stories to be singing about. So that one is happens to be true. And um, I, I I went back and forth in the sequence. I had it off the record. I had it on the record and I had it off forever. And, and Jason heard the latest uh, sequence and he said, uh, where's the fault line song? And I said, well, I don't know if I'm, I want to talk about our marriage in the public or whatever. And he said, you don't have to, but you could always just tell them your side and not my side. And you're not speaking for me or, um, at the, at the worst that could happen is what you might um, help somebody when they're trying to give language to what they're going through. And so it was with his encouragement and, and his words of being saying, don't be an idiot, put that song on the record. So I left it <laughs> on. <laughs> he said, a good song is a good song. And he did. The first time he heard it was in the studio when he had to play on it. And um, at the end of it, he said, that's a good song. I said, that's all you have to say. <laughs> <laughs> man, that's going to drive you nuts. <laughs> this man. <laughs> that's great. He, he gives all his words out to Twitter. <laughs> right, right. Well, there you go. It's a, it's a whole new world out there. I, I'm an old guy, so I, it's all mystery to me. I don't understand. <laughs> but anyway. So, have you ever uh, married? Uh, twice. Twice. Good job. Jason's on his second and I'm on my first. Yep. Yep. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> the good thing is I got two daughters out of the deal. So that's all. all good. That, that is really good. That is yeah, good. Yeah. daughters always stay with you. They do. So uh, I'm going to hang out with them tonight because uh, <laughs> speaking of aging, it's my birthday today, but I know that um, you're happy you know, Leo birthday. Yes, thank you. Uh, but not I don't want to make this about me because I, I read somewhere that you know you I think you're 40-ish, are you? Oh now? yeah, I'm 40. Um I'm 40 go, going on 14. No, that's the spirit. <laughs> that's the way I feel too, but nobody else does. <laughs> that's the that's that's the secret. That's you know, who whoever's happiest wins. Right. Okay. <laughs> uh, so what does were you thinking about your age and where you are in your life when you were writing these songs? I mean, it's pretty obvious you probably were, but tell me the process you went through. I think about like, I don't think about my age too much, but I, but I sometimes am um, made aware of, of what people's idea of age means for you. 
and right. what it means for me as myself. And um, so some some of those things I start noticing, um, like, yeah, I got some cute teeth jewels on right now. They're okay. cute. I like them. I might be 40, but I don't give a shit. I, if it makes me feel good, I'm going to do it. Right. And also, also I, I think that those kind of, um, those rules put into other place by people to be dressed like this, do like this, whatever. I understand at the workplace and everything, but um, when I'm just out being myself or being a musical entertainer, I, I feel like I should get to wear what I feel like I want to wear. And then if it's, if it's talking about um, me as a woman, I feel like a lot of times as a wife and a, and a mom, those two identities are are what people look at you for first and they forget that you're your own person first. And right. I think that if we take care of ourselves individually and, and, and maintain our individual identities, we're, we're better to serve, you know, in these other branches of our unique individual selves. Uh, and, and then while I am a mom and a wife, that's not all I am, you know, yep. not, and that, that's, that's just the way it's going to be. Yep, because we all have our inner voice of who we think we are that nobody else has any contact with at all. It's kind of bizarre, isn't yeah. it? And you, you gotta be, you gotta make, you you gotta take care of yourself first, and in that way, you get the most enjoyment out of life, and then that way, people you have good memories to share with people, and you don't right. have to be the unhappy person that you know. Yep. I read yep. somewhere in the New York Times um, uh, a couple years ago: no amount of good parenting makes up for an unhappy mom. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to think about that yeah. <laughs> and talk to my ex-wife about it. <laughs> Get her on the phone. <laughs> yeah, right. Very good. Now back to the geeky stuff about the record. You so you and Lawrence, what kind of conversations did you have about the sound and the feel and the vibe that you wanted on this record? Because it's it is different than what you've done in the past. Quite a few, and that was the thing that was. Um, once once we started going down the talk of, of sounds and um, landscapes and everything, I knew everything was going to be okay because we're the same age. Um, I'm, I'm two months older than them, but um, we have the same, a lot of the same musical references and influences from being kids at the same time in in the places that we lived. But uh, I have a, a quite a bit more country knowledge, but they're they're starting to, pick up on a lot of that stuff too and then they've got more more knowledge and um experience with you know rock and mm -hmm. even rb and stuff like that and so it's it's while we share so much we also bring each other something too and 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 a lot of times when you're talking about music and what you want to do you have to use comparison so it's nice to be able to say um i really like the drums on this song in the way that you know different you can pick it apart and then like so I made like a big list of of songs and just started explaining what I liked and huh? uh, and then they started just kind of taking that in and synthesizing it and as we go as we went through the process um it was always if if something sounds off or not right to you or what you want to hear we'll just stop and make a different sound it's easy and um I really appreciated how easy that was and how how much that they they didn't feel like that was a criticism 
sometimes folks will get their feelings hurt if, if they're trying to do a thing and then you're like uh it's not really what i'm doing and then next right. thing you know brian in the parking lot <laughs> and I'm like, i didn't mean to hurt your feelings i'm just trying to explain that right it needs to be a little bit you know in the tone department whatever could be anything nothing like a good cry in the parking lot is it <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> fantastic now speaking of comparisons i got one for you uh, and you can tell me if i'm out of my mind on lonely at night for some reason, Dusty Springfield came to mind and a little dusty in Memphis and just a little loving and all that. And I'm wondering if that is anything that I you think were familiar that's with. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. Um, I, I, I've never, I've never actually considered that um, myself, but uh, Lawrence did say that once and um, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm happy about that. And I don't think you sound like Dusty. It was just the, the vibe yeah, of the production the and the song and the way you I, I was like, in some ways, it's kind of Carol King to me uh -huh. um, a little bit. And I didn't realize it till after the performance of it. And um, But that's because everybody had gone home. And me and Peter, I was like, Peter, we got to do this jam. And um, Peter said, the keyboard player, our Peter, right. I, I said, um, we forgot that one. He said, okay, let's do it. And he played the piano and I sang it and we put the, you know, I was like, I want to do the stops at the word stop. And then you're going to have to play the drums. And so he did. <laughs> Turns out he's an amazing drummer. Cool. Well, that helps. <laughs> Nobody knew. And then the album ends with a song called everything has its time where there's strings and it's a ballad. And um, tell me why that's at the end of the album. That song is at the end of the album for a couple of reasons. It's because I wrote it with Natalie Hemby, and um, she's got this idea about songs um, that she writes with folks. She likes them to go at the end. <laughs> um, but, um, but no, but for real, the truth of it is it's at the end because if you're a person like me that plays vinyl, when you flip it over, it works with the with the key change and then with the mood and the start overness of it. And then also like... With the, with the relationship ebbs and flows and life doing the same, it, it kind of completed the circle in a way that the, as you would hope a circle would be, never right. ending or unbroken. As, <laughs> so, as the yeah. circle is. <laughs> so, so you're a record player, you collect records, do you? I do, I do. I had a um, job at Ralph's Records in Lubbock, Texas, uh -huh. um, back in the day and I sold my record collection to move here to Nashville, Tennessee. So I've been rebuilding since. Yeah. It's a frustrating thing. I, I was tempted when I moved from the States to New Zealand, as you can see behind me, I didn't do yeah. what you did, but uh, I'm envious right now, <laughs> but I'm glad, glad I didn't. Cause you know, yeah. 30 and you've got, some, you've got some stuff. I'm sure that I can't get anywhere near over here. <laughs> well, you know, we'll see what happens. But uh, yeah. Yeah, it's good to have. I, I can't ma imagine being without them. So there you go. Uh, I can't imagine a better backdrop. Yeah, it is nice. For <laughs> life and your house. That's yep, amazing. Yep, yep, yep. Now, how did you know when the record was done, when you were finished with it? Well, because the songs that I started to write, because what happened was I started writing this record and um, and then I never wanted to, ever stop writing it's like uh -huh. still going and um, when I started noticing that the themes were changing uh, I have a whole bunch of other songs that I've written and some I recorded that um, didn't make the record 
not because they weren't any good because there's a couple of really good ones i mean a couple of them weren't my best work but there's a couple of what i think are really good ones that um uh didn't fit the collection thematically and turns out since i've been writing are kind of going towards a different conversation because you know you don't want every record you you don't want to hopefully your marriage starts turning around you can write about something different <laughs> yep yep yeah, there you go <laughs> no that that yeah. would be nice so you got a record you got a record release show coming up what's that going to be like that is going to be uh wild and <laughs> i will probably be um nervous and probably so excited that i don't realize what's happening uh until the first two songs are over mm-hmm. <laughs> Because, you know, you get into this thing and you're playing music and you're, you've been planning and suddenly it's happening. And for me, sometimes it takes a minute to to find the present when I'm in in all the doing. Right. Uh, so, so who's in the band and what kind of is this the beginning of a tour or are you is it a one off show? The, the tours in September I'm doing. Yeah, this is just a show for the for the friends and the fans in, in Nashville. And right. uh, I got a couple like one-off things, but I wanted to keep the summer a little bit open because my daughter's uh, about to be seven. And I know that there won't be a lot of summers when she wants to spend them all with me. She'll probably want to be with uh, her teenage friends and everything. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) And so I was taking advantage of that. And um, yeah, so I'm doing this, the tour in September and it's going to be a good long one and I'm excited about it. (laughs) Yeah, Very good. So with the journey that you've gone through making Take It Like a Man, do you feel like you're a different artist than you were, say, two or three years ago? Yes. I, I, I have learned a lot about um, self-acceptance and self-advocacy and in, in seeing Lawrence model that. And um, uh, I've, I've, I feel like I found my voice in the way that... Um, that I'm more inclined to speak up when, um, you know, I'll speak up for others on their behalf if, if something's happening, but I would never do that for myself in the past. And that just got me in a world of hurt and in the, mm-hmm. in the studio and all kinds of places where I was just letting myself get run over. And, um, but now, yeah, I feel like a completely different artist now, uh, on top of the fact that, it, um, I had a near death experience. Um, I'm not taking shit from nobody now. And also I, I, I accept my voice as it is now. I know that no matter how hard I dream and pray at night, when I go to sleep, I'm not going to wake up and it's not going to sound like, I mean, I'm going to wake up and it's still not going to sound like Etta James. <laughs> okay. Well, <laughs> I can't argue with you there. <laughs> yeah. But so what do you do? What do you have to do in, internally to come to that point where you're comfortable with your own voice? You have to be in a room with 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 people that believe that your voice is really great. And I, mm-hmm. I haven't I haven't really been in many rooms where 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 that's been true for me. Uh, I know I have kind of a, a kind of a, a interesting voice is what I call it. Um, <laughs> and it and it's it doesn't it has this like wiggly thing. It does a, a warbling thing. It does. And um, uh-huh. uh, I used to run away from that and I just, it's impossible. I can't even, it's your voice. You're born, born with it. What are you going to do about it? It's uh, that didn't stop Leonard Cohen. Nope. <laughs> yeah. 
it didn't stop Joni Mitchell either. I mean, uh, yeah. I, I was amazed when I saw that footage yesterday and she was yeah. actually, she wasn't just, she was performing. She was, she was singing. Yeah. It was just a different I mean, voice than, you know, we've heard in the past. I bet, I bet that felt so good for her. Yeah. 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 And the people that were there, of course, but yep, it's a big thing when, when, you know, when, well the people that I know who have had uh, different things happen with their voice and whatnot or like break a finger and plant play music it's a it's a it's a big hurdle yeah so what are you going to talk to Brandy about uh, when you see her again (laughs) I'm probably going to talk to her about um um well we talk about the garden sometimes but I'll probably talk to her about Joni Mitchell if if she doesn't first say don't ask. There are no more words. <laughs> I probably, I probably first uh, go into what's Joni's address. That's what I'd lead with. Right, right, okay. You gonna <laughs> stalk her, are you? <laughs> yeah, definitely <laughs> drop from a gift. <laughs> That's a beautiful thing. Very good. All righty. Well, thank you so much for taking this time to talk to me. I really appreciate thank it. Thank you for this time. I hope you have fun with your daughters tonight. I will. I will. And I uh, hope you have a good day on the record release day and everything happens the way it should. Okay. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. See you next time. <laughs>